Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Ronnie will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 6. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Obeying that form of doctrine is what has set you free. Now, if you're taking notes, you want to write this down. The word form in the Greek language, it speaks of a mold into which metal is melted and is poured and it takes the shape of that mold. So the mold here in verse 17 is the form of doctrine. The mold is the teaching in the New Testament. The mold that Paul is talking about is the teaching of Scripture. The mold is the message of the gospel. What Paul is letting us know, and please don't miss this, is that form of doctrine has the power to deliver you. Therefore, remember I've been telling you about what you know. The form of doctrine, doctrine has the power to deliver you. That's why I still believe in doctrine. Now, I point this out because there are lots of preachers and ministers and churches and mainline denominations. The the statistics are alarming for mainline denominations who do not believe in doctrine. I talk to ministers quite regularly, actually, about this, this topic of doctrine because I think it's important. Because I think that if we don't have doctrine, we don't have the Christian faith. Some people believe that revelation knowledge supersedes doctrine. What is doctrine, Rodney? Doctrine, listen, is the rudimentary fundamental principles of the Christian faith. In other words, listen, the blood of Jesus Christ, the fact that he shed his blood and it was sufficient to cleanse and forgive all mankind of their sins is a teaching, a doctrinal teaching in the Bible that you must understand and you must believe. And if you don't, you can't be saved. The resurrection. Now, y'all been listening to the news or, is it, or have I just been listening to the news But there are certain folk who claim to have found the bones and the body of Jesus laying next to his wife, supposedly Mary Magdalene, and his son. They claim to have found the bones of Jesus. Listen. Okay. (laughs) They have not found the bones of Jesus. Let me just say that. And how do you know that, Rodney? How do you know that? Because, listen, because his bones are not there. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) It's called the resurrection. 
And if Christ be not risen, Paul tells us, our faith is in what? And let me tell you, if you don't believe that Christ is risen, you can't be a Christian. It is a doctrinal truth. Doctrine is anything that the Christian faith is built upon. The resurrection, the blood of Jesus, the sufficiency of the cross. All of these things are doctrinal. And if you don't believe those things, then you cannot be saved. Doctrine is important. Contrary to popular belief. I have a friend of mine that called me up on Friday. I was telling him first and second service. And he called me up and he says, and he's a new Christian. And I love new Christians because he, he he's a smart new Christian and he loves God's word and he studies God's word and God is doing amazing things in his life. And so he met a guy, he called me up and he's just shocked and he's alarmed. He met a minister, a Lutheran minister, he told me, that did not believe in the resurrection. And he called me because I can't believe, he says, the message, call me back, you got to call me back. So I call him back. I well, what's the problem? Because I met a I met a guy. I met a Lutheran. He's a minister, Pastor Roddy. He's a minister, and he doesn't believe in the resurrection. I told him I can't believe this. He doesn't believe in the resurrection, and he's a minister. You know, new Christians. I love being around new Christians because they're excited about everything. You know, when you've been a Christian for 10, 20, 15 years, you know, whatever. You know, you're just crusty and old. You just all beat down and everything. You know, new Christians are like, I can't believe this guy is a minister. He is shocked that he is a minister in any denomination, in Lutheran denomination particularly, and he doesn't believe in the resurrection. I said, man, listen, listen, there's a, honestly, there is a lot of that. I'll tell you more about it on Easter Sunday morning. How's that? But there is a lot of people in mainline denominations, ministers who claim to be ministers who do not believe in the doctrine taught in the scriptures, who do not believe in the virgin birth, who do not believe in the inerrancy and the infallibility of the scriptures, who do not believe in the resurrection. And I told him, be not deceived. Listen, man, just because somebody has minister attached to their name doesn't make them a minister. You can get a minister license online. Yeah, you can. You can go online and get, and you want to be an ordained minister. Listen, let me tell you something. If Jesus hasn't ordained you, you're not a minister. Jesus said in John chapter 15, I ordained you. I have chosen you and I have called you and I have sent you to bear forth fruit, more fruit, much fruit. John chapter 15, read it in your own time. If Jesus doesn't ordain you, I don't care how many letters, degrees you have after your name. They mean nothing. Paul said in Philippians chapter three, Paul said all his degrees and all of his background was was dung. And dung in the Greek language is horse pucky. <laughs> Do you need further explanation? OK, good. It doesn't mean anything if Jesus hasn't ordained you, if Jesus hasn't called you. So there is a lot of people out there who do not believe in doctrine, who believe that you ought to put doctrine in the doctrine shredder. Because we don't need doctrine after all. I mean, we got revelation knowledge from God. What God is speaking to me is more important than doctrine. Come on, Rodney, doctrine. I tell, no, 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 no way. Listen, God will never tell you something he has not already said in this word. Somebody needs to say amen. God will never tell you anything. He will not cancel his word to speak to you. 
Oh, I'm working here, people. I am working. Well, God spoke to me. Well, what did he say? Well, God told me that. Well, he didn't say that there, so I'm left to conclude that was just bad pizza last night, bro. That wasn't God. That wasn't somebody. Are you feeling me? That was that wasn't God. I don't know what to tell you. Doctrine is important. And as a matter of fact, listen to me, people leaving doctrine is a sign of the end times. We know we are moving forward to the end times because people no longer want to endure sound doctrine. Paul writes to Timothy, the new pastor in second Timothy chapter four. And Paul said, Timothy, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. And what saints doctrine for the time will come when they will not endure what sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having red hot itchy ears. They're red and from scratching and wanting to hear some new thing. And they'll turn away their ears from the truth and they shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things. Second John chap verse nine. You look this up in your own time. It says whosoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the father and the son. You fast forward in the book of Romans chapter 16, verse 17 and verse 18. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you've learned and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus, but their own bellies. And by smooth words and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the simple. And then finally, in first Timothy chapter four, the Bible has a lot to say about doctrine. First Timothy chapter four. Now the spirit speaks expressly that in the latter days, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Demons have doctrine as well. In the last days, men will leave the doctrine of Christ and they will cling to the doctrine of demons, the Bible says. So we are set free. I, Saints, I said all that to say this. We are set free because we understand and we know doctrine. Doctrine has the ability to set us free. Our point number two, sin leads to more sin. Look at verse 19 in your Bibles again. Sin leads to more sin. I speak in human terms because in verse 19, are you looking at it? I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members of, as slaves of righteousness for holiness. Notice Paul says, I speak in human, human terms so that he can help you understand. He says, you presented yourself to uncleanness and lawlessness to lawlessness, which actually has the idea of spiraling downward. In other words, when someone gives themselves over to sin, you go from bad to worse. Isn't that true? You go from bad to worse. So now that you're a Christian, present yourself a slave 
to righteousness. And then notice in verse 21 in your Bibles, what fruit did you have then in sin is what we understand there. What fruit did you have then in sin? In other words, saints, listen, give me your attention. Sin is like a seed that takes root and produces a tree and the tree produces a fruit. So if you take a seed, an apple seed, you plant it in the ground, it's agricultural, natural law. You take an apple seed, you plant it in the ground. That seed will grow to be a tree. That tree will produce what? Apples. You got it. Did somebody say grapes? I said, what world are you in? An apple tree produces what? Thank you. If you take a seed, a peach seed, and you plant it in the ground, it will take root and it will grow a peach tree and it will bear the fruit of what? Peaches, not lemons. You understand? So Paul is making this point. If you sow sin, you will reap more sin. Lawlessness leads to more lawlessness. Are you with me? If you sow sin, you'll reap more sin. The Bible says, listen, here's a spiritual law for you. You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. You will never sow sin. Listen, you will never sow sin and reap righteousness. It's not possible. You will never sow to the flesh and reap in the spirit. You will never sow in one field, go across the street to another field and reap. It's a spiritual, natural, agricultural law. You reap what you sow. Now, talking about a spiritual law, if you're taking notes, you write this down. Spiritual laws have three parts to them. Talking about the law of reaping and sowing. They have three parts to them. Number one, if you're taking notes, you will always reap after the same manner that you sow. You sow an apple seed, you reap apples. You reap after the same manner that you sow. Number two, you will always reap after you sow. And then finally, you will always reap more than you sow. You take one little tiny seed, one little tiny seed, you put it in the ground, you reap more than you sow. The Bible talks about that you've sown the wind, you will reap the whirlwind. You reap more than you sow. Someone once said this, sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. You will always reap more than you sow. You cannot sow to the flesh and think that you're going to reap of the spirit. Listen. You cannot do fleshly things and think you're going to grow spiritually. And sometimes people think, well, God is not judging me. I mean, everything seems to be going good. I mean, I've been sowing sin, sowing to the flesh, but nothing really bad has happened. Listen, if nothing has happened, praise God. But if nothing has happened, that only means that you're running out of time. 
If nothing has happened, that only means that God is loving you. God is trying to show mercy to you. God is waiting on you so that you have time to repent. Do you understand what I'm saying? You now have time to repent because God is waiting on you. God doesn't want to expose people. God doesn't want to embarrass people. God doesn't want to humiliate people. But you can't be presuming upon the grace of God. Well, I'll just continue to sow to my flesh that I might reap in the spirit. When God is saying, no, I want to bless you, man, that's a word for someone here today. Wait on your husband. Wait on your wife. Don't try to sow to the flesh thinking you're going to get something of the spirit. You go out there trying to make something happen. And you're going you, to get of the flesh. I'm trying to be nice. Y'all pray for me. You know, whatever you reap, that you will sow. I thank God I was telling him first and second. And, and, and I know that I embarrass her when I say this. But I thank God that I have a wife who was willing. to See, this works out practically. Husbands and wives, listen, this works out practically. What you sow, that you will reap. I thank God I had a wife who was willing to sow in me good seed, who was willing to pray for me even when I was not a wonderful person. Right? I ain't telling y'all too much. And, uh, and, 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 and even in times where things were difficult, you know, she would say to me, hey, you know what? I'm praying for you. I want you to know I love you. Even when things were terrible, she would say, you know what? God's going to get us through this. Come on, let's read the Bible together. Come on, let's, let's, let's go to church. You need to get up and go to church. You got all the want to go to church. You're the pastor. You got to go to church. I mean, you know, get up and go to church. I'm trying to help you, and I'm praying for you. And all of these years now, I've been married for 25 years. You guys know she's been sowing in me, and as a result, you'll get good fruit when you sow in good seeds. Wives, listen, sow into your husband good seeds. Don't put them down. Don't beat them down. Husbands, sow into your wife good seed. And you wonder, you know, I don't even like her. <laughs> well, wait a minute now. The question I have for you is what you've been sowing. I mean, if you've been sowing into her seeds of, you know, pressure and, and, and discouragement and, and putting her down. Well, now you wonder why you're reaping. You reap what you sow. Somebody say amen. That is very true. It works out on every single level of your life. I'm just trying to help you. On every single level of your life, sowing and reaping affects you. You reap what you sow. Amen. Number three, point number three, I got to move on. Sin makes us ashamed. Look at verse 21. What fruit did you have then? Sin makes us ashamed. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now? What saints? Ashamed. You see that? Sin makes us ashamed. If you engage in sin, you will become ashamed. One of the horrible, listen, one of the horrible benefits of sin is that sin produces memories. Amen. 
And many people are haunted by memories. And Satan uses memories. Are you listening? Satan uses memories to tempt you and to condemn you. I don't know about you, but there are so many things in my life that I wish I had never done even as a Christian. Can I get a witness? There's so many things in my life I wish I had never done as a Christian. And after you've done them, you can't change them. And you've got to live with it. And oftentimes you've got to live with the shame of it. It's very true. And yet you learn to walk in forgiveness. And yes, you learn to move forward in your life, but you never forget it. You always live with that regret. So shame, point number three, will destroy your quality of life. And that's why it's important to avoid sin. Point number four, finally, I've got to move forward. Sin leads to death. Saints, look at verse 23 again. And if you're looking at it, say amen. For the wages of sin is what? Death. Now listen, look at me. The sequel to sin is not sin too. You got that? The sequel to sin, I'm going to say it again. The sequel to sin is not sin too. The sequel to sin, according to the Bible, is what, saints? Death. Now listen, there is no better example. Turn with me really quickly to Judges chapter 16. Turn with me quick to Judges chapter 16. And and turn quick, and it's right after Joshua. Judges, turn quick, turn quick. Let me hear those pages. Turn quick, and if you went to Ruth, you've gone too far. And if you went to Samuel, you've gone way too far. Back up and go to Judges chapter 16. Look at Judges chapter 16. There is no better example of sin leading to death than in the life of Samson. Sin leading to death. God has given, you know the story, God had given Samson incredible abilities. God had given Samson strength to conquer whole armies. The Bible tells us that Samson killed a thousand men all by himself. But we also learn from Samson's life that he yielded to the spirit. Pardon me, he yielded to the flesh and not to the spirit. And he got so fleshly that he put down his Nazarite vow and he got a bad haircut. You know the story. And it was at that time, the Bible tells us that the spirit of the Lord left Samson and Samson didn't know it. And then look at chapter 16 and verse 21. Then the Philistines, now mind you, God's spirit had left him. And then the Philistines in verse 21, they took him. That's who Samson and they put out his eyes and they brought him down to Gaza and then they bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in the prison. You see that? And then later the story tells us, give me your attention, that the Philistines mocked Samson and they said how the mighty Samson has fallen. And eventually this man who the spirit of God had come upon to enable him to do wonderful, great things for God. Eventually his sin led to his death. And as a matter of fact, he killed even more people in his death. Then he killed even in his life. How sad is that? 
Four things happen according to Judges chapter 16, verse 21. We can learn four things that happen when we give into the flesh, when we follow sin. Four things happen. Number one, look at verse 16 again. Mutilation, if you're taking notes. Notice they put out his eyes. You see that? And then secondly, deportation. They took him to Gaza. Thirdly, incarceration. They bound him with bronze shackles. And then finally, humiliation. They sent him to grinding, which was a work of slaves and animals. The effects of sin, sin will blind you, sin will bind you, and sin will grind you. Sin is hard on you. It really is. You know, somebody once said that sin will always take you further than you want to go. You'll stay longer than you want to stay and you'll pay more than you want to pay. And that's very, very true. We want to stay away from sin because sin leads to death. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, here's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life. In Jesus Christ, our Lord, somebody say amen. amen. The wages or the payment for sin. Now, I don't care if you are eight or 80. This applies to you. The payment for sin is death. But God's gift is eternal life. And it's your choice. You know, in this chapter, we see a series of two. We see two masters, two freedoms, two fruits. And two destinies. It's your choice. The wages of sin, your payment for sin, will be death. But God wants to offer eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And you got to make that choice. And you're not standing in the middle. And I say, look, choose Christ. Look, if you got to be paid, your minds will be paid in wages that lead to eternal life. You understand? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.